Hi, I'm Shreen Patek, and you're listening to Making Marketing by Digiday. Every week, I talk to marketing leaders who are changing the industry one decision at a time, be it figuring out the role of consultancies, the relevance of agencies, or the resurgence of the CMO. There's a lot to unpack. The road to in-house certainly isn't smooth, and as the industry gets more and more excited about brands building their internal agencies, a bit of a rude awakening came late last year when Intel announced it would be shuttering its internal agency, Agency Inside. Joining me this week is Teresa Hurd, who led Agency Inside. In this special episode of the podcast, recorded live at Digiday's Brand Summit in December, Teresa and I discussed what caused Intel to shift away from the in-house agency, what its new priorities are, and much, much more. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Teresa, tell us a little bit about what you do at Intel now, and so, then we'll talk a little bit about the story coming yeah, here. Yeah. So I'm the VP Global Creative Director for Intel. Um, which means I oversee all of our creative execu execution globally. Um, and up until about a week ago, um, I uh, built and oversaw uh, Agency Inside, which is the in-house capability at Intel. Um, and I know your next question is going to be, so what happened? And you've seen a lot in the news. Um, so <laughs> I'm queuing. No, I'm just going to go You're right doing my job. It's perfect. Um, I'll stand over here. So, People, um, if, you're, if you're sort of in-house already or if you're paying attention to um, the news or we're LinkedIn, um, there's a lot of articles <laughs> that have been published about kind of what's going on with Intel and our in-house capability. Um, and Intel has made a business decision um, to shift away from having resources in-house or at least creative and production resources in-house um, to, to an, you know, a model where they're largely going to use um, external agencies. So, you know, it's not what I thought would happen. You know, we, we had a really great plan and we met our ROI and all of our KPIs, but, um, you know, the business, at least Intel, is changing, changing, changing dramatically um, as far as the type of work that they're doing, who they want to talk to. They're going to be super laser focused on a very uh, specific B2B audience. Um, and when I came in, you know, four and a half years ago, that was not our remit. It was very different. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's definitely not what I wanted to see happen because we, we did a lot of great work. Um, and, uh, you know, I built a, what I thought was a, a great capability for the company. But um, I always, always, always say that you have to give the company what they need. And if that changes at a certain point, then you have to be willing to change with it. And so that's where we kind of are. So Agency Insights always been interesting to me because I think it was one of the earlier examples, not the earliest, one of the earlier examples of a really big company sort of placing its bets on doing it themselves. Yep. Um, let's go back and talk a little bit about sort of the Intel business, but also just the market at that time mm -hmm. that made that the decision that Intel took. And then we could talk a little bit about what it was like to build it yeah. within Intel. So um, at the time, Intel, probably everyone had heard of Intel, but no one knew what Intel did, right? It was like, I think my dad's got an Intel. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, and we went out and we did a lot of research and, and you know, the company had done all this amazing stuff. I didn't even know it. Like, I should have asked more questions before I took the job, like, but for real. Um, <laughs> so in four and a half years, where are we going to be? Um, 
But I, I, I got there, and um, they're like, you know, no one knows knows what we do. And so I started just not even digging. Like, I literally, like, you know, had one conversation with someone. I was like, wait, we do what? And then they take you, and it's kind of like when you become the president, they show you, like, all the secret stuff. And I was, like, in the back rooms where the flying cars are and stuff. And I was literally like, oh, my God, nobody knows about this. No one has any idea what Intel does or what we're in. And so the CMO and I, we were both brand new. I'm like, I know, what if we just tell people what we do? And that's what we did. Like, we, we literally, we, you know, it was such an amazing opportunity because I didn't have to make anything up. Um, I didn't have to, like, oh, my gosh. We, yeah. we, the, the strategy wrote itself. Once we found out all the, the places we were and all the things that we did, we just, like, just started telling people about Why it. Why was it being done by you? What was, what was the kind of chatter around, well, that, I mean, lots of people hire agencies yeah. to do that, to do their branding. I did both. So you did both. Yeah. How did, how did the actual the hybrid kind of evolve? Like, yeah. What was it that, okay, this is something your team does, but this yeah. is something we'll put here. How so when I first came again, the CMO and I had worked together um, in a previous life. And he, before I got there, he started telling me, and he's like, we're going to bring all the work in-house. And then I got there, and I'm like, dude, can you stop saying that? Like, I don't, I don't really know if we should be doing that, let alone I have no idea what people are talking about. Like, I could, they speak in acronyms, and the tech was over my head. And um, I said, let me just, let me get my feet grounded here first before we decide we're going to in-house or, or whatever. And so I took a good part of the first year just to figure that out. I, you know, I looked at all the agencies that we were using, and at the time we were using 1,500 agencies globally. Um, and I was like, wow, that can't lead to brand consistency. 1,500. 1,500, yeah. So you know, the first thing I did was like, hey, look, we, we, have to, we have to get our arms around this thing. I looked at where the money was being spent, mm -hmm. um, on what agencies, and um, in the US, I think we're using about 250 agencies. Um, up until, again, a couple weeks ago. I didn't know there were 250 agencies. Right? No, because agencies can be like, my brother makes a really great website. Right. So it's not always what we my think. My brother does it. make a really yeah. great website. Yeah, so does mine, but he should not have <laughs> a job with Intel. So, um, so we, you know, I looked at all that, and I had a really great, and still do have a really great operations partner. Um, and we just said, OK, what, can we, what does Intel need? What can, if we're going to bring something in, what, what, what makes sense to bring in from an ROI standpoint? Like, I would never bring anything in, even if we were just going to break even. You know, my mission was I had, you know, I wanted to make world-class work that performs for a cost less than ex external agencies. Um, and everything that we did had to fit that, um, that remit. And, you know, it was... You know, initially it was just um, dot com and digital, mm -hmm. um, but then we had all these little kind of retainers with smaller agencies from a brand standpoint. So we brought that in as well, and um, you know we were doing probably in the beginning when I first got there, ninety five percent of our work went outside. Up until last week, about seventy percent is internal. But you um, still kind of used you still used agency. Obviously, was it for kind of the big idea campaign. No, you know, I think, um, so we do. So we, we use Shiat for B2B and McGarry mm -hmm. Bowen for mm -hmm. B2C. And, you know, I've, you know, I was at Staples, actually. I was one of the very first in-house agencies. This was going way, way back. Yeah. Um, and I always use external partners there. And I think, um, for me, it was really good to sort of strike that balance of not keep having blinders on to say, oh my gosh, everything we're doing is great and right, and really work with smart external partners who kind of became an extension of my team, um, 
and, and I was responsible for, you know, I am responsible for all of the creative. So it, it didn't, it wasn't good for me to say, well, I'm just going to bring it all in house because I want to. Um, I was able to cast the right people on every job. So a job comes in and we look at it. If it's a, if it fits in the retainer, we're like, okay, if, if it's a TV commercial, it goes there. But everything else, we would have a conversation with my staff and really, really cast it and say, okay, who's got capacity? Who's got capability? Who knows about this? And then we would cast those people to work on the project. So right. it was, the lines became clear project to project, but I wouldn't say it was always clear. Um, this is the kind of thing that they do. Only they do, okay. only they do. I would say with the exception of B2B. So okay. our, our B2B agencies, again, I oversaw it from a creative director standpoint, mm -hmm. but um, you know, Doremus and, and Shiat were doing most of the B2B work externally. So there's, there's cost considerations, there's control considerations, there's speed considerations, um, and these are all things that people talk about when they say, should we be doing it ourselves or should we not yeah. be doing it? Which, which consideration would you think makes more sense today when somebody's sitting there saying, should I be doing more myself? Is it really about cost? Is it that much cheaper or is it you more have to, It has to be, well, cost has to be first. Like if you, can, if you can't yeah. do it cheaper, there is someone out, out there who can do it really well. So like, just find them. Mm -hmm. um, so cost has to be a consideration, I think. But beyond that, you know, access to the business is just- so you're, knowing the company. Well, just not knowing it, like an external agency can know it, but yeah. access literally, like I have a guy who would run up and down on the elevator and listen in on conversations. And, be like, and then he would look at your name badge and he'd be like, and then like two days later, he'd drop them a line and be like, hey, I heard you're working on this cool project. Do you, you know, can yeah. we use that okay. for our content? So I mean, access. you know, you'd think that like we had this really great system where all the stuff goes in, where we know about <laughs> the, all the technology, but um, it's 110,000 people. So it's, you know, it's, it, it, <laughs> I wish it were more organized, but literally having access, we're in the cafeteria, we're in meetings, we're in places where um, external agencies literally will never be. Mm -hmm. um, and that brought us some of the greatest uh, you know, stories that we were able to tell. Over and that's speed too. So obviously you're able to, because speed, you're in the... Speed for sure, or it literally just wouldn't have happened. Like the first piece that we did internally was, um, we did this story about bees with these little tiny computer chips on them. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Singapore and I, a slide popped up with a drawing of a bee with this like little computer on it and they're like, it was just a business review, they're like, and we're saving bees in Tasmania. And I'm like, how do I get, how, do you know this guy? Can I go meet with him? And you know, a couple, couple months later, we're shooting a story about bees with backpacks in Tasmania. But that, that literally would not have happened. Or if it did, it would have been years and years later. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, you know, just having access to people who are talking about the things, yeah. um, I think, is, is is a huge benefit. Um, the why should you do it or should you do it? Again, it always has to tie back to what does the business need? What are they making most of, right? And can you, is it gonna make sense for you to, to in-house that? Yeah. Um, I met with a company recently and they had to pitch every single project. Like a $50,000 project was a jump ball. And I was like, it makes no sense for a company to have internal resources who are not working eight hours a day on mm -hmm. stuff for the company to be. So they literally, they weren't, they weren't getting the work. Mm. So, you know, I think that it has to be, you know, there has to be trust there um, for the company to say, hey, we're going to trust that you're gonna do the right thing by us and make this thing for less money and it's gonna be, you know, as good as it's going to, you know, get whether mm -hmm. I do it in-house or out-house. And, um, you know, you, you have to have support from the C-suite. Okay. Uh, we lost our CEO and CMO earlier this year, mm -hmm. and I always talked about having support from the C-suite. Yeah. And we well, have to buy in. You do, and you know, things change. 
what was what was the hardest part about building it? Because as you sort of went on down this roadmap, you did more and more, and there was more and more understanding of what you could do, what you couldn't do. What was something that, again, going back to people who were thinking about this or should they be doing it, what was something that people just don't realize is really difficult? <laughs> well, the hardest part was last week. Building it <laughs> wasn't. wasn't um, I, you know, I think, um, I think getting alignment, right, from, from and, and honestly, this is not necessarily my experience. Like, I, you know, there, we did a lot of things, and things were hard. Um, and then we got through them, and we, you know, we, we got some momentum. It really depends on the company. So, you know, sometimes it's going to be talent. Like, can you get the right talent? Right. When I, I was not from the West Coast, so when I moved out, I was like, oh, my God. I yeah, and I actually... think a lot of people worry that if they're, you know, a lot of CPG brands that are not exactly in cities with a lot of ad right. talent or anything. Um, so you have to figure that out, right. you know. And, and, I, and again, I, I wouldn't have brought the work in if I didn't think I could find the talent. So mm -hmm. once, you know, once I identified a couple people who were from here and had expertise and then we made a couple of pieces, you know, it was, it was, and we opened an office in San Francisco, that became a hurdle that we, we didn't have anymore. So, you know, it, it depends on, on the brand and what you're trying to accomplish. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, people go and, and, and go in house and say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make TV commercials. And they're like, but first I'm gonna start with banners. <laughs> and then I'm gonna, once they have my, then I'm gonna make TV commercials. Um, and I would say that that doesn't happen often, right? If go it's not in, necessarily a spectrum. Uh, sorry, no, like a way no. that it moves. So, side. you know, you, I think you have to kind of go in knowing um, or, or accepting what the, what the company needs and then make that. And if you're not comfortable making that, you may not be the right person. Or it may not, you know, it, it, you can find the right people to do it. But I think really understanding what the company needs and then what you're capable of mm -hmm. and what you want to make. Um, if you don't want to make what they're, you know, what don't they keep pushing the TV commercial thing, you know, or you'll hire the wrong people. You'll get teams and you promise them they're going to make, you know, TV yeah. commercials. And it's like, but first just make these banner ads for a year and you'll lose a good talent. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's so many factors that go into evaluating, you know, what's right to, to bring in and not. So kind of stepping back in a way a little bit for Intel for a minute, because I think that this has been the year that we're seeing it, and maybe some of it is the headlines, and some of it is just data and research. That more and more people are trying it. And again, they're trying it across the spectrum. And I think that there is a little bit of myth-busting that needs to happen when people say, in-house agency. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do everything in-house. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that maybe they're doing just a little bit. And there are cases that they're doing a lot of it, and they're just biting the bullet, and everything yeah. goes in. What's happening across the industry now that this has become a, such a priority, it seems, for so many marketers this year and especially heading into next year that so many are talking about, okay, starting January, we're going to break up with these agencies and we're going to start doing this. What's happening in the industry that you think is causing, causing this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I think, it's, I think it's a lot of things. I, I spoke about this last week and, and someone asked, is it a question of trust? And you know, in my experience, that hasn't been the reason, right? Mm -hmm. I, I trust my external agencies implicitly. If you don't, you have the wrong external agency. Um, you know, I think it is budgets are being constrained like crazy. Um, and that, so I think, you know, when the CFO is looking at this, <laughs> they're saying, well, that would be great. All these other companies are doing it. I remember when I first got to Intel and the CEO was like, you know, why don't we have this? All these other companies have it. I'm like, well, you'll have it now. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think part of it is is like a little bit of the buzz of the trend. And, and, and sort of when that happens, it's like, well, all these other companies must know something, and, and let's make sure we, we have that too. Because it's the in thing. It's the, the thing. Mm 
Um, but also there are these other benefits, right? So I, again, I think um, companies are looking at it from a financial standpoint first and then control over the brand. And I don't know if control over the brand is a good thing or a bad thing. It depends on who's controlling the brand from an internal standpoint. If it's just like, well, now I'll get the agency to do exactly what I want from a marketing standpoint, that's not good. Right, because um, the idea is that you have somebody who has a little that. bit of critical right. distance, right, to mm -hmm. say, hey, this is what's happening out in, in the world, not just what's happening in your company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe all of the reasons that people are doing this aren't necessarily right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, I think, you know, the pendulum is definitely swinging that way. And I think it'll probably normalize. And, and you know, I, there's like the wonderful company, I don't know if anyone's here from Wonderful Company, but they do mm -hmm. everything in-house. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. And, they and do they've great expanded work. their mandate. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they're interesting in the sense that they kind of go this way. And, you know, one thing is often that comes up when it comes to in-house, and they actually had a great answer for this before I bring them up, but it's like, well, okay, well, what about media? Because media is the one thing, because they can't get the right, they can't get the same rates. I can't actually, mm -hmm. I don't actually see the cost savings. They're like, well, we just hired the same people from those agencies who have those relationships. So. It, I mean, that, that does happen for sure. And I right. think, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, what, what's happening with the talent pool and everyone, you know, and mm -hmm. I think, look, if, if companies aren't going to get what they want from their agencies, they, they, you know, they're going to figure out how to, how to build it, you yeah. know, and, and again, whether it's good or bad, I think everyone's going to, in some capacity, give it a shot, right? Like 68% of companies now, I think, are, yeah. are in housing to some degree. So I think, um, you know, if they, if they're seeing the potential out there, um, they're going to give it a shot. So if I were to ask you to put up a challenge on that challenge board, what would you have written? <laughs> um, I think it's just trying to stay up with the evolution. Like, mm -hmm. it is evolving so quickly. You know, mm -hmm. the... Um, even just, you know, I've been to, at Intel for four years and I'm looking, you know, at what they're doing and where, where their dollars are going. Um, and it, it, it is changing at, at such a warp speed right now. And, and I don't think there's a ton of marketers out there who understand it to the degree that they need to. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, decisions are being made uh, that are like, whoa, do, you know, are we, are we making a short-term a cost-saving decision, mm -hmm. or are we making a long-term decision to try and make sure that we're doing the right thing for the company, not just in six months, but in you know two years or three years? And, and how do you stay ahead of that? Like, how do you continually bring in talent that is going to be able to evolve with with what the industry is demanding and what you know the co the company itself is demanding? And how do you bridge that? Yeah, absolutely. We have about a minute or two for questions. If anyone has any, there's one over there. Sherry's coming. Hi, Teresa. Hi. Uh, what advice could you give brands on identifying the right talent for your company? Um, I think, again, identify what the company needs. If you need to make POS, if you need to make, you know, I, I'm picking on banners just because they're sort of a lowest common denominator. If you need banners, they're super important to companies. Like, find someone who can make the hell out of that thing. But, you know, again, I think it's, oh, I can't, you know, I see, so I didn't hire a creative for a year. Not a year, I didn't hire a creative for a year. I built operations, I built account services, I even built production before I literally hired a creative person. So I think you have to really have um, the infrastructure set up 
to support whatever level talent you need, um, and then go after that. But if you, you know, I see so many guys are like, oh yeah, I've got my good buddies, they're great creatives, I'm gonna bring this team in. And then they're sitting there going like, oh my God, we're making, you know, keynote videos. Nothing wrong with keynote videos, they're very important. But like, if you wanna make, if you have to make keynote videos, hire keynote video guys. Um, it's, I think it's really, um, people not kind of accepting what the company needs. And Guardrails then, around that. Well, and, and then just being really honest mm -hmm. with that. You know, it, you know higher, higher to the need of the company. Um, that's not to say you, know, you shouldn't be aspirational, but higher to the need, and, and you'll get the right people. Um, but that, I think that's the, the, you know, the thing to focus on, not just what you want to do, but what you should be doing for the business. Great, Teresa, cool. thank you so much. Hey, that was thank great. you. Thank you. And that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Our producer, of course, is Aditi Sangal. If you like the show, then please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating. You can also reach out to me with your feedback. Tweet at me. I'm at Shireen Bhatik or email me, shireen at digiday.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.